Welcome to Cohen & Company's Chief Insights Podcast, a thought leadership series designed for C-level executives, board members, and other top decision makers. Hello, I'm John Cavalier, a management consulting partner at Cohen & Company. Welcome to this episode of Chief Insights. Today we're going to talk about how technology is transforming the way we work, particularly in the back office. More specifically, how can digital automation and other new technologies improve the way your accounting, finance, HR, IT, and other support departments operate? I'm joined by Mary Washburn, a manager also in our management consulting group, who works closely with clients implementing these technologies, helping organizations transform the way they work. Hello, John, and thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about all we're doing in this space. I know many business leaders have heard about automation, tools like robotics process automation, or RPA, but really this topic is about so much more than just these software tools. It's really about transforming the way we work. I'm looking forward to sharing some of our thoughts today. Absolutely. I just want to start off by saying to our listeners that RPA, or really any other type of digital automation, is not just for large multinational companies. Certainly those companies are probably further along in their transformation journeys, but companies of all shapes and sizes can benefit and are benefiting today from what the technology has to offer. We've worked with companies at every point along the digital maturity scale. For for some clients, that meant taking a paper-based process and putting it into a digital workflow tool. For others, that meant building tools and connection points to manage master data across the enterprise. No matter the size of the organization, What leaders are looking for is value and results. Whether it's building new strategic capabilities, reallocating capacity to be more productive, or reworking a business process to gain new efficiencies. So today we're going to briefly touch on three key areas. What drives the need for automation, what tools can help make it happen, and a few other practical considerations for a successful back office transformation. I'm reminded of a survey a global strategy consulting firm conducted a couple years back of executives based on their views of automation. In that survey, over 80% of executives reported that they were prioritizing digital automation as high to meet current business challenges. Yet, 99% of those respondents reported facing significant obstacles to automation deployment. So we have this situation where executive leadership wants digital automation, but perhaps less sure why they need it and even less sure about how to deploy it. So Mary, I know you've deployed a number of automation solutions and have spoken to many more executives about what an automation journey may look like. So perhaps you can tell us, what are the common questions being asked by leaders as they think about pursuing digital automation? Sure, and I'm going to answer your question in two ways. First is, what are the drivers that they're looking at that leads them to believe that their organization needs automation? And second is, where to get started? How do they move forward on an automation initiative? So first, what are the drivers? So many companies have been growing for years. They have disparate systems. They have disparate processes. Often one location is doing things differently than another location. Perhaps they've hired headcount across the organization to deal with these issues. However, they're not seeing the results they expect to see. They're looking for a more streamlined, consistent process that can be done the same way every time. And just truly to to get those transactional processes handled in a more efficient way so that people aren't wasting their time on kind of the knuckleheaded things and they're really spending their time on the more valuable aspects of their work. As far as where to get started, really you don't have to start with a huge enterprise-wide initiative. 
It's really about looking for the low-hanging fruit. Where can we make a measurable change and get some momentum around this project or these programs or these tools so that we can really sell the value of automation uh, across the enterprise more broadly? All right. The one thing that I wanted to to address as well early on is sort of the the, the case for change, the value proposition of, of automation. And a lot of times what we hear is that um, besides some of the opportunities that you've mentioned, there's a, a fallacy out there that once we deploy automation or we've automated this process, then that will lead to resource reduction, headcount reduction. And that is just not something that we've seen. Um, it, it could be a cost avoidance, and it could be for large organizations, one lever to reduce cost. Yet we're seeing so many more impactful and powerful benefits like empowering the workforce, taking the robot out of your workforce and maximizing resources' full potential. Automation is allowing organizations to invest in and redeploy resources to more strategic and value-differentiating capabilities than they were ever able to before. One case study example, we have a client that we're simultaneously helping them to build automation in a couple key processes while at the same time helping plan for the, the capacity that that automation will, will free up to redeploy that capacity back into an automation COE or center of excellence or expertise. That center of expertise will be crucial to delivering future automation throughout the organization. So that capacity that freed up, that resource that his or her role was dramatically changed or lost, retooling that resource to move into the COE and further build future automations to deliver future value to the organization. Well, I'm curious, Mary, if you have examples. Certainly. Yeah, I can think of one job in particular where in the course of the automation we were deploying, we essentially took the work that one person was doing uh, most of their time and we shifted it to a robot. However, that person was heavily involved in the process of deploying and, and, and figuring out the process we were even automating and how we wanted to automate it. And so as soon as we lifted the work off of his plate for you know doing all of that transactional work on a day-to-day basis, it wasn't that his job was eliminated. In fact, he was put into a more valuable position where he helped assess the next process for automation and, and build and deliver those tools. So besides talking about optimizing resource allocation, which we know is one of the major attributes and value creators for automation, what are other major levers, value levers that automation is delivering? And how should organizations be measuring success as they embark on deploying automation? Sure. So a couple of the things that come to mind for me are building new capabilities that differentiate and provide the opportunity for strategic differentiation. So no one's going to have a strategic advantage in the marketplace because they're able to apply cash or post invoices. They will have a strategic advantage in the marketplace if they find a new way to target a specific customer segment or if they're able to turn around their collections time um, to really have cash on hand to make the next investment in their in their business strategy. Those are the type of differentiators we're hoping automation can help employ. Another motivator is really reallocating capacity away from those transactional or foundational activities to activities that really provide more strategic value to the organization. Some of those examples I just talked about. Also, it's focusing on breaking down those traditional functional silos and taking a more end-to-end 
view of an entire process so that we can deliver that process more effectively. So I think, for example, about the procure-to-pay process. You know, that's everything from your contracting and procurement and, you know, your supplier teams all the way through the accounting clerk who issues the check. So if we don't have these functional silos so much anymore, we're actually able to kind of streamline the work they're doing and achieve um, achieve the outcome with, with less handoffs uh, between people and with really just a more streamlined process. Okay. So can we change topics here a bit and talk about the technology itself? Digital automation, what we keep saying, it is a broad term and it covers many different tools and technologies. Can you give us a 10,000-foot view of what some of these tools are? Sure. There's a couple here I want to talk about. Uh, One is digital process automation, and by that I really mean workflow tools. One is robotics process automation. And finally, intelligent automation, for example, machine learning. So at a very high level, digital process automation is really, it's a suite of tools, softwares that enable you to push work from person to person using a system. Next, kind of along that maturity scale, is robotics process automation, or RPA. And people hear robots, they think they can do so many things. It's like having a Rosie, you know, from the Jetsons in my office. But really, RPA is kind of stupid robots, to be frank. It, they just learn a series of, of if-then statements and apply those, those rules. So with RPA, we're looking at automating kind of those steps that don't require any judgment calls. Highly transactional based, very consistent rule set. There's no learning involved. Um, and then farther along the digital maturity scale is really that intelligent automation, machine learning being one example. Machine learning is just a series of algorithms that you can employ to take a big data set and predict, you know, what what should happen with data based on based on what's happened with that same data in the past. One thing we should point out here is that organizations sometimes get stuck thinking one tool will fix all of their problems, which is in fact really not the right way to think about it. Uh, We see the best results when all of these tools are used in an end-to-end process. For example, some process steps will still need human judgment calls and sign-offs. That's a good place for digital workflow tools, while other tasks may need to route data entry, which is better for RPA or APIs. Meanwhile, we may have steps in the process that generally follow consistent patterns, such as sorting transactional data into account groupings, which is a good task for machine learning. To get the full benefit of transformation across the entire enterprise, all these tools need to be used. Well, thanks for that overview. And while it's exciting to talk about all the cool tools and technologies out there, believe me, there's hundreds, and we could probably have a regularly recurring weekly podcast to to try to even cover all of them. Um, I, I think what's more important is, is talking about what a successful automation journey looks like. Mary, can you give us some insights as to what embarking on an automation initiative looks like and any lessons learned that you have from the field? I guess one major lesson we like to push is this concept of measure twice and cut once. The proper planning will correlate to successful outcomes. So the things that go into that are, one, building a realistic case for change, not based on these bombastic savings, um, but really building the target future state for what that back office needs to look like, what's the outcome we need to achieve, and then figuring out the tools that will optimally support that that business outcome. Um, next is considering the human element. So we need to 
be concerned about things like change management, communication, workforce transition. These things can't be overstated. People hear robots and they start to get nervous. Is my job being eliminated? Really, what we like to emphasize is that, no, your job is being improved. We're giving you a digital assistant to take away the boring, knuckleheaded stuff that drives you crazy every day. And instead, you know, we want to help you deliver value in, in the way that you're best at doing so. Um, third point is governance is just as important to ensure transformation efforts result in sustainable value to the organization. And by that, I mean making sure we're vetting out the right opportunities for automation, making sure the tools we're choosing um, in that process you know, are suited appropriately to that automation. You know, not every problem can be fixed with RPA or can be fixed with mach- machine learning. Sometimes we need EDI or an API to connect systems. There's a lot of different options out there. Um, and that governance can help ensure we're really using the company's resources in a smart way. These are all great things to consider. And I'd like to take a minute to accentuate the, the human element that you described. And we tend to call this, it's very consultant-y, but workforce trans- transition. But really to pick some vital activities that you touched on, planning for the impact that automation will have on the organization, and we know there will be impact. Understanding of how freed-up capacity that automation has brought will be redeployed. The training that needs to happen to effectively redeploy that, that capacity, that person who may have had their role dramatically change or or displaced and the ongoing change management communication that needs to be in place to help facilitate that transition i can't overstate the importance of these activities yet they often are what's least invested in and this is a shame because it will single-handedly prevent value realization and derail automation initiatives so again i go back to my point that we love to talk about the tools and technology and the shiny new object and believe us there's really cool things out there that are game changers, but if we don't really invest in the human element, if we don't think about governance, if we don't build the case for change and we don't have a strategic sort of vision and roadmap, then these initiatives tend to to flounder, lose momentum, and are not able to extract the value that there once was. Yeah, and I think about, you know, this idea of a center of excellence or a center of expertise, we call it a COE. Even at the early stages, we can't overstate the value that a COE can provide to these initiatives. It can be a relatively small team, you know, anywhere from two to ten people, um, helping to really just vet out the opportunities and consider all of the the impacts, not just on the people, but you know, on on the systems, on the, on the truly the way work gets done, so that you know we don't lose sight of the big picture, transforming the way we work in favor of we have this new shiny toy that we want to deploy in the company. Yes, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think you often say to, to some of our clients, think big and, and start small. And, you know, let's not allow perfection to stand in the way of progress, but having a well-thought-out, articulated strategy and plan can go a long way in helping ensure success. Mary, any other imparting advice or lessons learned that you'd like to leave us with? You know, I'll just emphasize what you were saying, John, about not letting perfection stand in the way of progress. 
companies can spend years vetting out tools and building the right strategy, and before too long, they're behind the curve. It's okay to start with the Skunk Works initiative and to get something going and start to really realize the value that these tools have and, and use that as kind of the motivation to business leaders to push these, these initiatives forward. So while we encourage the strategy, the planning, the center of excellence, et cetera, you know, like John said, start small, but think big. Get, get something on the ground so that at least we have, you know, we have a stake in this digital automation journey. Getting wins. Yes. Early wins. And promoting those wins. Yeah. It's really important to change management, too. All right. Well, with that, I thank everyone for listening. I encourage you to check out our website where we have and continue to publish useful blogs and points of view around automation as well as other interesting topics. That'll wrap up today's podcast. Thanks for having me, John. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Chief Insights. Subscribe to this podcast series at cohencpa.com slash podcasts. To gain more insights that may impact you, visit us at cohencpa.com slash impact. Cohen & Company is not rendering legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Information contained in this podcast is considered accurate as of the date of recording. Any action based on information in this podcast should only be taken after a detailed review of the specific facts, circumstances, and current law.